When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, I think that's ready. Good evening and welcome to the Big Strong Leicester Boys podcast. We have reached the bottom of the barrel. We are still winning games left, right and centre. So rather than um, do the professional intro that Jake usually does or Jack when he stands in, you've got me, Rick Flair. Um, I'm here tonight with only two people. We've got Jack. And we've got a special guest, one of my favourite people on this earth, Jack's dad, John. Um, I'll first come to Jack. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm pretty good, Rick. Excellent intro. Th- uh, thanks for doing that. Um, That's okay. You're much, you're much better than me at that. So um, I think you did a brilliant job and I think you should do it full time, actually. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need Jake anymore. We do. But, uh, but yeah, well, I'm good. I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I mean, we'll, we'll obviously get on to it. You went yesterday, which I'm fascinated to hear how you got on because it looked a, a really good away day. Uh, the crowd sounded immense and obviously there was a lot to celebrate at the end. But um, yeah, I'm all right. It's funny, like, obviously the, it's a bit of a um, smaller um, panel tonight. I mean, I've not heard from Jake in about a week. Since we did the pod Monday night, I don't know where he's gone. No, what right. I don't know if you've upset him. Like, I, I wonder if we have upset him because um, because we're annoying. Um, but yeah, he he doesn't do he doesn't do WhatsApp. He claims, but I went to Cologne with him. The man is not off his phone, so mm. I, I think he's I think he's got the hunt with us, Rick. Um, I'm going to start texting him, convert old fashioned texts, see yeah. if he can get out of that, or create a Tinder profile. And you know, matches demographics or whatever he's on, and then you know, find him that way. <laughs> I might do. I might have to re redefine myself as a six foot blonde. Um, right. Anyway, let's get let's get to the real quiz. Welcome, John Holmes. How you doing, pal? Well, I'm hardly chiselled. I'm um, I'm sort of um, the opposite of chiselled. What's that blubbered or something? I don't know. <laughs> I think you're um, you're finally coiffed. Well, I don't know. <laughs> finally coiffed. I'm having my hair cut again this week, so uh, oh, yeah. I've gone for a new sort of shorter cut. But there we are. Yeah. Yeah. What well, um, do you pay more than four pound though that uh, Dean Smith used to pay? What's the going rate round your ends? 
I get my hair cut in London for an obscene price. He pays for Chelsea who he is a Chelsea fan. He's a proper Chelsea fan. And we chat about um, uh, football each week. And I uh, slag off um, Chelsea uh, for having uh, Nick Fafana. Ha ha. He's been injured ever since. And um, he tells me what a good player Chilwell is. Which We're not completely uh, in agreement on that one. But there you are. No, exactly. Well, I'm I'm actually really pleased about this lineup tonight. I don't know, there's something about you, pair, that makes me feel safe. Um, I, I, think, I don't I, feel I'm, very safe, Rick. I no, well, I'm just having my dad on the podcast, but it was well last time. So, well, he did. What's that film with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost? You know, when they're in the boozer and the world's about to end. Uh, Shaun of the Dead. That's it. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that's us three tonight, just in amongst it. Talking about Harry Winks. Number 40. Uh, yeah, it's a shame he didn't get number 40, but... Apparently uh, at Spurs, he wanted number 40. But really? um, Daniel Levy thought that was a bit expensive and wouldn't give it him. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, to, to go on, I mean, what a goal yesterday. I mean, I'm so pleased for him because um, he seems like such a nice bloke, but it, it's just a peach of a goal isn't it oh, it's um, unbelievable and it, it you could just tell all the players i mean it's a, it's a big moment in in the game because we were we were struggling a little bit um mm. qpr had sort of you know were penned right in and we we couldn't break them down and it needed something like that but i mean you know as as well as anyone how much I'm a fan of Winks, but it it was just yeah. brilliant and it was so well deserved. Brilliant celebration, some lovely little moments in there, including Jewsby Hall pulling him out of there so he didn't get booked, which was very good. Yeah. Fatuu, you know, stopping a bloke from falling on his head, which was also very good. But it was it was just brilliant. It what it was a brilliant away end. I mean, it was it was a bit quiet at times, but. I don't know about sort of the whole. You have the whole end at QPR, so it was yeah. it was really good, um, really good day out, and just yeah, just really enjoyable. You you know, each week the team keeps not surprising us because I, I thought we'd win yesterday, but they just keep giving us little moments, which which is just so good considering where we were sort of six nine months ago. So, so yeah, yeah, it's right, isn't it? Just unbelievable. I mean, we we obviously were on about winks in the week, weren't we? Um, well, saying that we, I can't wait for him to score to score his first goal, and he goes and does it back on home soil in London. Um, and uh, to be honest, his uh, his interview after the Sunderland game was one of the best interviews I've heard in a long while from a footballer. He just, I mean, I, I I've obviously keep going on and on about how I have my uh, sort of reservations about us going straight in for Winks. Uh, from coming down, I was a bit worried with his injury record. But the bloke is just class. You know, there's a lot of cliches in football. He's none of them. Uh, he talks well, but he just he just he just gets on with it. And I just love how quick he is. He just gets around the pitch, doesn't he? I mean, look how quick he was when he scored the goal. Here in the crowd within seconds. I know we joke about like he, he always thinks he's like running back to to turn something off or you know check get the ovens uh, not on, but you know it just it's a a far cry from the lethargy that we saw last season. Uh, he's up there with I, I just he started so well. Thoughts, John, on Harry? 
I was I was in favour of us getting him in the first place. I I thought he's quite a nice player at Spurs, and he's sort of, uh, according to the Spurs fans, I know he uh, suffered under Mourinho and lost his confidence, had to go abroad. Uh, I don't know how he did abroad, uh, but he's come here and he's done really well. I mean, he's been told you are the main man and he certainly yeah. has lived up to that. His um, energy, uh, the, his neatness as a player. And as Jack says, he's 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 obviously a nice, a nice lad, isn't he? And they like him and uh, he's a good influence. We, from last year, when we didn't have a captain and we've lacked a captain, mm. I, we seem to have one or two captains now as yeah. sort of uh, reflected in the fact that Maresca is um, he's changing the captain. You know, Vardy's an obvious yeah. one. Ricardo, not such an obvious one. Um, mm. Cody was apparently, you know, he's signed as a captain. Jewsbury Hall, you can see. Uh, as a captain. So we've got one or two players now who are captains and take responsibility. And that's that's very good. And Winks is certainly part of that. The other thing I've noticed is Maresca, he's an intelligent man, you know. What he's I think what he was doing, I Jack and I were in the boardroom when this presentation was made to Andy King a few weeks ago. And Maresca was there and he stood right at the back. He didn't try to hog the limelight or get involved. He just watched. And as we went out, Jack, I don't know if you know, he, he sort of slipped past us at that moment, hadn't made any great point or anything else. And I think he was watching and he was thinking, hmm, these people at that point, the club and the fans were as one. And I think he's trying to, I've noticed recently, he's tried to stir the crowd up a bit. He's tried to get the players to run over. He realises this is a new team. And we haven't got, apart from Vardy, who's the obvious one, and Old Brighton, whom the fans love, they're both in the veteran stage. All the rest of these players are relatively young or new. Justin is, is, is actually quite popular as as is Ricardo, but they've not been playing for as long uh, and so on. So he's trying to get the team uh, and the and the crowd as one because he he realizes that this is um, this is a good moment because we're winning everything at the moment, which is fine. But the crowd didn't take to the style too quickly, and I confess a lot of the time watching us during first half of this season hasn't been that exciting. And when the other, you know, the opposition fans, your, your support is fucking shite. Um, <laughs> I'm inclined to, inclined to say, well, yeah, they're not actually, but there's not a lot to cheer about Vestergaard and Faust playing the ball back and forth to each other and, and so on. So, he knows that the crowd have taken some time to adapt to the start, but now he's he's realised that if we're going to get through to the end of the season and play this, we need to get the crowd on the side. The crowd need to realise, the crowd need to appreciate the football we're playing and so on. Yeah, I, there was a really nice moment on Tuesday where he sort of 
I mean, I don't sit with you anymore, Dad, much to your displeasure, but he uh, he came over to sort of SK1 and sort of G'd the crowd up. And um, he has done that, I think, really well because, um, and I mean, we, we don't need to talk about you being a, a member of uh, the uh, the brigade that shout forward a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, I was thinking about this earlier. I think there's something, he he has sort of a combination of things of, really good managers we've we've had at this club because he's got he's got very clean white trainers so there's there's an element of Pearson about him <laughs> looks great in a tracksuit which is a bit O'Neill and he's got Italian charm which is a bit like Ranieri and he's obviously very he's obviously very different to that and you know if he achieves what those guys have done then um then that'd be be tremendous but I, I think yeah he he also doesn't make it about him which mm. I don't want to I don't uh, you know, I was, I, I quite like Rogers for a lot of the time, but Rogers did have this sort of thing where he, you know, if we did anything well, it was always because of him. And if we did something wrong, it was because the players didn't listen to him, but he came out on Tuesday night and the, the uh, I think it was the Sky interview. His first answer was, it was like, the players are very good. And he, he sort of, he heaped pressure on them. The celebrations after the game yesterday, he, he didn't do a little clap because that's not what he does. But he sort of came over to the fans for a bit and then he let the players sort of go and he stepped away, which I thought was quite a nice touch. And he's, you know, he's obviously very central to everything we're doing, but he's not making it about him in in any way, shape or form, um, which I think is really nice. Um, and the other bit, to go back to the very clean white trainers, but, you know, considering it's almost November now, I've no idea how he's keeping them so clean. Um, so he's he's obviously doing a great job. New there. pair every week, Jack. Well, well, probably, but the man can look after himself, mm. um, and that's before we even get into his uh, his tailoring, which is I know Jordan's a big fan of, which is off the scale. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. I I love him, Rick, and I I know you do too. Yeah, I, I do. Um, and I put a tweet out this week, and I think a lot of people, nobody sort of was on the page that I've been where I this week for some reason has been I bonded more not bonded because I don't know the bloke but like I've really you bonded sort with of him. you bonded yeah with him. like I'm really now fully invested in Moresca now like I'll worship him um and not that I perhaps didn't in the weeks before this because it's been quite clear how much of a class act he is and how well we've do, uh, done but you know early days uh, it's difficult here with a new manager, especially after what we've been through with Rogers. And we get, I, I, I had a lot of time for Rogers, and I did, you know, I was really impressed with him for a long, long time. But it, it did go sour, and um, sadly, both parties stayed um, together far too long. And it takes a while to then get back in, doesn't it, and really sort of like get behind a manager and love them. But yeah, right. I don't know what's happened this week. Probably because it's been a bit backs against the wall with some of the performances. Um, you know, Swansea, uh, they caused us a few problems, um, but, but not major problems, but a few. And we just found a way to win and comfortably did it. Sunderland, I don't think we're in control of the game as much as we're accustomed to. But again, I'd far the better chances. And on another day, could have got four or five. Yesterday was a real strange one, really, because it felt like we were a bit sloppy. So a lot of people claiming we were complacent, which I'm not so sure it's complacency. I just think that's the nature of, you know, game after game. You go into have your performance dip. But, you know, we're finding ways to win. 
and he is at the corner you know he's he's at the middle of it orchestrating it there's so many of them have come out and said you know he, he just gives them the instructions he makes everything so clear and i do wonder how many managers don't do that you know they make it over complicated and the bloke's obviously got his methods and ideas that aren't simple but he, he seems to be able to get the players to understand it and we're still only what four months in since he's been here um maybe not even that long it's it's unbelievable really he does even in his interviews though he does say stuff in an incredible i mean he's quite blunt in the way he talks about stuff he doesn't yeah sort of, doesn't mince his words but I think that probably helps. He doesn't. He doesn't over communicate on things. It's funny. I listened to Gareth Ainsworth's interview after the game, and the, he was all over the place. I mean, he's mm. obviously lost his job, but Moresca's just very. He says the same thing. It's all about the ball. Says the ball constantly, but he does just like drum home that message. And um, and yeah, Dad, I think you're. I think you're right. Like at the start, you kind of went. I'm not sure you can play like this at at this level, but clearly, clearly we can because. You know, you don't just win thirteen games out of fourteen games by being by being fortunate. It's not it's not luck anymore. It's it, I don't think it ever was, but it, it's clearly a style that can work at this level. Well, at this level, yeah. The worry is, uh, I think, if you look at the Premier League table and you recall this uh, this time last year, Burnley were getting masses of praise for playing the way we are, uh, the Guardiola way, um, and now look at them. Uh, the two or three sides that came up are at the bottom and, you know, they're not looking like <laughs> there's no hint that they're going to get clear of it. The only side that a sort of, you think Everton won today, that was a good result for them and actually looked not bad. I mean, Forrester on the edge, Forrester spent a fortune. I think, uh, you know, I can see Cooper, who I think is a very good manager, not lasting the course this season because the owner is very mercurial. They spent the fortune. And uh, I think he, you know, these owners get these ridiculous things. I mean, Joey Barton, was it, this week got the sack because the amount they spent, they should have been in the top eight. You know, they have these weird views. I mean, some of the managerial decisions this season, how on earth... Did John Eustace get the sack at Birmingham? I mean, no. for Rooney. I mean, that is absolutely stupid, isn't it? And you look where you look where Bournemouth are also right down the bottom and a pretty poor side. I mean, what on earth were they doing sacking Gary O'Neill and bringing this guy? And Wolves are doing actually pretty well. Wolves, uh, you know, held held on yesterday quite well. I thought. Um, you see, some of the football we play is very Guardiola-like, but Maresca to me, has got a, a practic more practical streak. The way he switched the fullbacks uh, in midweek to put Justin on Clark, it worked, kept him quiet. The way, once or twice, that um, Hermanson just booted the ball clear, there yep. were more. I thought Sunderland the best side we played. Actually, I thought yeah. it was a it was an interesting game. I thought they were a good side for a young side. I thought they kept going. Uh, they lacked a good striker. And how many times have we said this season that if the opposition had got a really good striker, 
they'd have done us. Coventry, we first game of the season, we could have been done three none. Um, yeah. You know, there aren't that many good strikers at this level. Ihinacio and Vardy now at their stages, they are pretty good strikers at this level. But if we're thinking ahead, it's the one thing we would really like in the, you know, you wanted to talk about the window a bit. Um, we could do with a really good striker, couldn't we? Whether this cannon is any good, we'll have to see. I questioned with you yesterday whether George Hurst, who's holding a place uh, with Ipswich, who are, uh, uh, you know, chasing us quite hard and apparently playing good football, he scored yesterday, whether we might regret letting him go, but uh, maybe he's not uh, uh, that standard either. But there aren't many class strikers in this division, are there? That Jack Clark stands out. He's the uh, he's the top scorer, isn't he? In the he's division. a winger, really, well, isn't he? And he's a winger, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, right, we'll we'll talk about the transfer window. We will do a quick break, and then we will come on to talk to some uh, come to talk about some of the players from from yesterday. Right. So, Rick, you wanted to talk about this because I wanted to talk about Vestergaard, but you wanted yeah. to talk about Cody. Because um, it's interesting. Yeah. I think it's the first time they both played together yesterday, as far as I can remember. I can't remember them playing together before. I think uh, they played with... Hang on. Who did Cody play with against Preston? I think Preston. it was... He played on it. Yeah, he played with Fest, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, because yeah, Vestergaard was banned. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I thought I thought Cody looked a little bit rusty. He didn't do anything wrong. I thought his passing was a little bit predictable, but he he was fine. I don't think he was at fault for the goal. I don't. I've watched the goal twice now. I don't know who quite was at fault for it. I think it was closing down more than anything. It's a bit unlucky actually because Samantha was unlucky with it because it just. I think he was. He would have got it, wouldn't he? Uh, yeah, and he nearly. He almost nearly did. But him and Hamza sort of got in the other way. Yeah. I thought, you know, kudos to you for the um, title of the pod last week as well. Uh, <laughs> Yannick on the streets of Swansea. We should have saved it for this week. but We um, should have done. I know you yeah, did say that. <laughs> we, yeah, but I think we, we got some good feedback on that. But I thought, again, he was very good. And yes, he's slow, but his passing at this level is crucial to the way we play. Did he get booked yesterday? No, he didn't get booked. No, yesterday. he didn't. Because he's, I, he, had... I mean, he's going to get banned for quite a bit. He, he's on seven now, isn't he? Yeah, he regularly, I, I mean, every game, Yeah, they seem to be, there's one occasion where there's a ball down the down the middle. Yeah, between he, the gets done for pace. he gets done for pace. He gets for pace. But, yeah. but I, and I was going to, again, I want to talk about bookings because I think we've been very clever in the way we're, picking up mm. looking in a, in a way we've not done before but I thought he was very good again and yes he gets turned on the pace uh, turn uh, he's slow on the turn but I thought you know didn't put a foot wrong um you know that Lyndon Dykes or whatever I mean he's he's big I mean that's about all he is um but he he managed him brilliantly I thought he was good against Sunderland as well they were a good side arguably could have had a penalty against Sunderland because Luke O'Neill decided to you're sort of wrestling by the throat. I've got no idea how he got booked there. Yeah. Um, bizarre. Well, it was interesting, wasn't it, watching the, Man the Manchester derby this afternoon. They'd given a penalty uh, against, uh, was it... Um, Hoyland. 
Hoyland. Yeah. yeah on Diaz, then later in the game, there was a clear pushdown on Haaland. And they didn't give a penalty there, which yeah. looked to me just as strongly. And the other point I thought of a wee bit on, um, you know, on uh, Tuesday night, there was a lot of uh, people said, oh, uh, Sunderland deserved a penalty for that uh, tackle uh, that fested, which... Yeah. Given VAR, they probably would have given a penalty. But there was also one occasion when Fatawu got into the penalty area. That was yeah. a penalty. Yeah, it was. They, yeah. they were still pulling him when he's in the penalty area. Yeah, yeah. Now, it doesn't matter whether it starts outside. If it's still going on, if it's an act of pulling in the penalty area, why isn't that a penalty? I didn't understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, d- I didn't think the referee was very good on Tuesday night. But back to Yannick. I thought he was very good again. And I, I, he's one of the first names on the team sheet for me now. Which oh, yeah, I, again... he, he clearly is. And he set up one of the one that Mavadini hit the post with. That was set up by him, wasn't it? With a, a good interception way up the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't knock it now. Early in the season, I thought Cody would come in, but I, I thought Cody was okay yesterday. But I, I don't think Cody, I don't think he gets in ahead of Fez and I don't think he gets in ahead of Vestergaard currently. Well, they, yeah, I mean, that's what I wanted to talk about, Cody, and it it sort of stems with Vestergaard. I, you know, I it's funny you have a you make your mind up about a player, and it's very difficult to overcome that without like a lot change. But now I've got no, like I the thought of Vestergaard not playing. I know Jordan's still in that point where he'd be more than happy to to bin him off, but. I just don't see how he can't play. Like uh, he's got to play, and especially when you you're on the ball as mu- uh, uh, you have the ball as much as we do. I think I mean his passing stats yesterday, or the amount he had the ball were ridiculous. Something like the the exact same amount that QPR passed in total, like 140 or something. But if you're going to have the ball that much, you need to be able to make incisive passes. And I think he's the only centre half that can consistently do it. Fast can, but he's better at actually taking the ball up the pitch and then it open up. Um, Cody... Fast hits, longer balls. He does, yeah. Cody, from the from the bit... Obviously, I've seen a fair bit of him over the years. He's always looked okay on the ball, but I wouldn't say he's exceptional that you would um, come to, to think of a centre-off that Maresca wanted, but it's all about the leadership with Cody and what else he'll bring in organisation. Uh, and then Suter, Suter's probably an all-rounder, isn't he? But I, I just, I think with Cody, something's going to have to change for him to get a run of games. He's either going to have to just be exceptional when he does play, which is difficult because he's not playing that often. So there's a, there is a real chance that we've spent a fair amount of money on a player who was going to be our captain, who was going to be the leader, he was going to organise us, and it just not really happened for him. Now it, it's early days, and that that could could be well, it could come as a result of Vestergaard getting suspended. Well, yeah, and, and he will, yeah, he'd be next up for a two-game ban if he gets the 10 bookings. But, you know, it's going to take a run of games, I think, because Vestergaard's so good when he's playing, and we need that. Per, like it's, The Sunderland game was probably a bit different um, in terms of, we're, you know, we're camped in their half on the ball, but... The Stoke game and and the bits of yesterday that that, that Vestgar was on the ball, he was the one trying to make things happen um, from deep, 
And I, I think without that, you know, and with Doyle not being in there, I don't think Justin's very good on the ball. I thought yesterday he was very sloppy on the ball. Yeah, he's very he good. Uh, he's very good. He's athletic and, you know, he's good. He's a good man marker um, within reason other than when it goes over his head. But, you know, one-on-one, he's a, he's a pretty good defender. But it's, it's him on the ball that I've got concerns about. And that's why, you know, you go through the defence, Vestergaard's the most important. Yeah, right particularly without Doyle as well, I think. Because yeah. we've actually gone on a better run of form without Doyle. And it, mm. and we've conceded less goals. Justin is undoubtedly a better defender, better athlete Fewer than Doyle. goals, Jack. Or whatever, Dad. Whatever. <laughs> Honestly. Um, uh, you've, I've completely lost my train of thought now. Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> Doyle. Doyle is good on the ball. Very good on the ball. And is yeah. and is one of one of you know like like Vestergaard. I mean, the pass he played against Rotherham. Um, so, I mean, almost if you could clone Justin and and Doyle, you've got the perfect player for Maresca's system. But but yeah, I'm I'm with you. I the, the one bit that I think is often lost with um with a lot of the clickbait journalism that you see on on Twitter and you know other other podcasts who won't be named is I think Cody is a very good influence in the dressing room yeah. and. We didn't have a player like that last year. I mean, we had Johnny Evans who just decided when he wanted to play, when he could be bothered to come down from Manchester. Cody's been there every game. And, you know, he's he's clearly been a really good influence. And I think I think that goes a long way because, you know, the other thing I saw yesterday is the players, like, are just really... And it's easy when you're winning, I know, but they, there's genuine camaraderie in sort of how they operate. Which is which is really good to see, and I, I think Cody's a big part of that. I think Winks is a big part of that um, uh, uh, as well. So it's I think it's going to be a really interesting one in terms of how it plays out because you know if if we go up and he's not played all season, just like what does he do? Does he want to stick around? Is he is he more likely to play in the Premier League because he's a bit more nimble than Vestergaard? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, that's it. It's a tricky one, but we'll see, won't we? We will. Right. The other. The other player I wanted to talk about, Winks is my favourite player at the moment. This guy is my second favourite player because he is utter chaos. Um, I can't even do his full name. Fatou, he was, I thought he was sensational yesterday. He was joy personified at the end. He was throwing himself on the ground to get play. I mean, he got rugby tackled by their bloke. I didn't quite appreciate it at the time. It was an outrageous tackle on him, but you yeah. know, his reaction is actually very can't really say I love that, but I actually do because it's the sort of thing we didn't do last year. I mean, he gets the player sent off and he's he's clever in the way he does it. He He's not just going inside on his left foot now. He went outside on, on his right quite a few times. Oh, he had a really good game. And he's, I mean, he's still only 19 and and we've got an option on him for, I think, 17 million. But he, he just looks like he's getting better every week. And yeah, I mean, what else can I say apart from I absolutely love him and I think the the boys chaos and I, I know you you do Rick at uh, Rick as well yeah I, I've I mean I've yearned for right wingers haven't I for a long while uh we've got well we've got a few now but he he's becoming the one that's the most dangerous I think and that's probably a little bit unfair on Makateru um has got the knack of scoring and I, I see him more as an eight anyway long term Makateru I think Makateru could be sent forward yeah, we, funny you should say that, John. I, Jack mentioned that a few weeks ago that you'd said that, and I I can see it. Uh, I mean, it's still early days, isn't it? But I, I get that with the you know he's quick, 
And, um, you know, he's moving and just in that his positional senses. You can't teach that and, and up front. But yeah, Fatwu, you know, he's only got one goal and one assist so far. But it, it's more than that. It's his personality, his age, and he's strong. He tracks back. As you say, there, there's some some housery yesterday from him in that, um, you know, okay, pushing and shoving. If he if the ref had been a bit trigger happy, he could have got sent off as well yesterday for that, which would have been ridiculous, and we would have been going wild. But he didn't. And then you think, well, you know, it's it's the way that they they're going about it. You know, a lot of teams do that, and they get away with it within reason. And collectively, that that makes you know, the experience of playing us a lot harder. Under Rogers, I think it was so easy to play against us at times. You know, from a from a sort of non-football playing side of things. You know, under Rogers, we were very good sometimes. And when we were on it, we would batter teams. But if it came down to like the, the sort of mentality and stuff, we were must have been you'd be rubbing your hands together um playing against us under Rogers towards the end. Yeah, but, we lacked, didn't we? We lacked yeah. a, I was at one point, very, I thought we should have gone in for someone like Ward Prowse, uh, who strikes me as a, you know, he's a pusher and a shover of the team <laughs> and leads. And Mark Noble, who used to play mm. for West Ham and so on, uh, a Neil Lennon type figure, if you like. Um, we definitely lack that. Um, Telemans always looked like, you know, he'd been invited to a tea party and uh, he'd made a mistake. He'd the sandwiches. He, yeah, he dropped the sandwiches, you know. Oh, so we'd eaten them all, yeah. Um, uh, he, he's, uh, I'm afraid he seems to have made a complete horlicks of his career at this stage. Um, but considering the players we've lost, we have done pretty well. What worries me is, have we got the class... Uh, if we go up, and I know that seems very premature, but you've always got to think about that. And as I say, looking at the bottom of the uh, Premier League at the moment, you're thinking, "Crikey, um, were they that uh, were they that bad? Uh, that there was it that bad a division?" Um, having said that, the only side that I've seen so far, well, I thought Coventry, ironically, on the opening day, were not bad. But they then sold their best player. Um, uh, I thought Sunderland, Sunderland were pretty good. Um, but the others have been pretty poor, really, haven't they? But that, I mean, you, you questioned the, the quality going up and who knows. But I think Fatawu is one that you'd hope, you know, he's got that potential to improve and it, yeah, I think it's 17 million euros, which is what, 14, 15 mil, um, or it might be a little bit less. I can't remember, but it's an option to buy or an obligation if we get promoted. But I think that's probably, you'd say, a good bit of business if he carries on the way he is, gets to the end of the season. And, um, well, the, you know, last he, time, the last time we came up, we signed the right winger uh, that season. For 400,000. Um, yeah. <laughs> if, if he's, he's half as good as him, yeah. If he's yeah. Got, not even half, Jack. If yeah, he's quarter as good as him, it'd be a very, very useful signing. And he does have potential and he's got personality. And he is actually the, the type that could become 
uh, a crowd pleaser, isn't he? You know, he could become a crowd hero. He might, he might be better in the Prem as well because we're playing against such deep blocks. I think he'll get a bit more space. I mean, yes. yesterday on the break, it's he's possible. so quick. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I just think he's he's brilliant. I mean, he's he's bonkers as well, isn't he? Clearly, I mean, I just love the fact that we've you know plucked this guy out of Lisbon, which is a phenomenal city, and he's he's rocked up in Leicester, getting his car cleaned at some terrible place and looking like he's having the time of his life. Like that he's, he's phenomenal. He's absolutely yeah. phenomenal. But the bit I loved most about yesterday and, and I think in the last couple of games, you know, you don't win 13 out of 14 games by just being good at football. You need to be smart. You need to be cute in certain situations. There's, there's various instances in the, um, in the last couple of games that I think have really, demonstrated sort of that for want of a better phrase it's shithousery you know mm. Fatu goes down when he gets pushed Ricardo again got booked late on a bloke I think chair went through dragged him down did the same against Sunderland Patrick Roberts was going absolutely wild because he was through and he did it on the halfway line but the amount of times we're doing that you know, and yes, we're getting booked, but I think we've got a big enough squads to sort of cope with it. It's sort of like when we won the league under Ranieri, we did a lot of tactical fouling and players sort of took bookings at certain times, but it's just really smart. And we didn't do that anywhere near enough when we were in the uh, last year in the in the Premier League because it it really, you know, we've won a lot of games by the by one goal, which we could never do under Rodgers, but we're just able to take the sting out of the game a little bit and just sort of wind the clock forward. You do feel seconds. there's a sort of uh, composure uh, about it late in the game, even when we're one up. Uh, mm-hmm. It does seem to me that that comes from that. The players seem quite calm. There's very little panic. Um, and uh, that we are pretty street smart now. I think that's... That's uh, fair to say. Oh, I love it. I mean, how do you how do you teach your team like what, the shithousery though? Like, how do you teach your team to do that quickly? Because under Rogers, we never did any of that. The amount of times that like you'd say, "Why is he not taking him out there or got involved?" Well, it's, but, it's curious, isn't it? The, it always used to be that the discipline of the team, if the the, the team have. And I mean, the fact is, we haven't had any red cards. Um, no. We have plenty of yellows, but we haven't had any red. And I think that would suggest Liverpool will pass masters at this as well at their best. You know, Liverpool mm. made sure under Clark they were outrageous. You, correct. At this, you, yeah. did, you couldn't yeah. get past them. They sort of protested in turn, uh, as yeah. opposed to one person getting booked. Um, they did a lot of that, which yeah, made. But um, we're, you know, near the top of the charts in the in the championship for yellow cards, not for red cards. Um, and I think what you have to say is it's discipline, but it's it's practical. As I say, Maresca strikes me as a man as pragmatic. He was seen applauding Hermanson when he just booted the ball into mm. touch miles up the other night. Now. You know, I noticed yesterday I heard um, somebody say that Burnley are conceding no end of goals through trying to play out from the back. Um, If you looked at us early on in the season, 
we were conceding goals from trying to play out at the back or, and getting away with one or two that where they didn't score. But now it's a bit more practical. On occasions, I think Maresca said to them, you don't always have to. If you're under pressure, you can boot it. Um, and uh, that strikes me as being more pragmatic. It does indeed. Um, right. One more commercial break and then we'll do dear Rick. Okay. Right. So are you ready for this, Rick? Have you, cause I have, I've yeah, really warned you on this one. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll play the intro and then I'll, and then I'll play it. Cause I think this is your specialist topic. Of course, I've just played the wrong one because I, uh, Jake hasn't labeled them correctly and I don't actually know where the intro music is so i did look at that and think it finished up saying dear rick well yeah but it, it's not the right one i don't know where that'll do that do we really need to start labeling these things yeah anyway, i think jack sabotaged it all and I, I, I think where where have we talked about where jake is because he did send a, a, a little message in for us um do you want to play it this weekend it? no surprise we to you i was doing high rocks this weekend um, you've already alluded to the fact I'm sat here in a vest. <clears throat> yeah, thank you, Jack. <laughs> it's like he's never been away. Right, I will play this. Got a question for Ric Flair. I was lucky enough to be at the Stoke game and Navadidi came on and heard his uh, new fan song for the first time, which I thought was class. Got me thinking, though, uh, what's your favourite player song? that we've come up with over the years. And so one of my personal favourite ones, the uh, Ben Marshall one, or the Don't Tell Knock Hot. So I was, I, was in the, I was in a pub before the game, this Indicum Social, and they and I heard a song like vaguely in the background and I was like, just kept going. And I thought, I recognise that. I don't know what it, it, it was, Ben Marshall. She's a cracker, <laughs> I think. That is one of my favourite ones. good. What's that tune? And Marshall will on though. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It works. Yeah. It's only ever worked for him. So. So yeah. But anyway, great question. Thank you for that. It is a good question. I've been trying to wrap my brains. I'm still not settled massively, but one that I always had a lot of time for. Very simple. Is. Can you remember Redneck Cotton Eye Joe, the song? Yeah, yeah. And it was, for now I've been for Teatro, I've been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Teatro? I bet that Wait. never got sung except, like, you Wait. booting around Barwell. No, it definitely it was wasn't me. And I think that's what's made it difficult to come up with one because I'll come up with a lot of shit. And they obviously also never came up, take came off. Up with a chant the other day that I came up with two years ago, which is the only chant I've ever come up with. No, yeah, but that wasn't me coming up with it. I just remember someone coming up with it. So uh, I, I spent ages well, on that. Thanks. Well mate. done, mate. Well done. Um, but down, my favourite Leicester song, not a player song, but I love the one that we did. Um, the sweet dreams are made of this. Leicester won the Premier League, travel the world and the seven seas. Now we're on the road to Cardiff. I remember getting that going in the stag. 
after the um, first leg of Seville. Right. Uh, was that where the uh, was that where the Premier League uh, was that where the Champions League was? That yeah, league? yeah, yeah. That one. We sang that in yeah. Dif- Different yeah. lyrics. I they changed the words for that, didn't they? Yeah. Changed the words. What's your favourite song, Dad? What, um, what were you singing back on the terraces in the seventies? <laughs> um, uh, probably um, uh, <laughs> Lenny Glover song. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about Bob Hazel? But no, we didn't have a song for Bob Hazel. Sure. Our dad reckons we did about throwing petrol bombs. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, well, they were very complicated songs in those days. They were more like exaggerated charts, you know, Frankie, Frankie Wertho and um, and um, uh, Lenny Glover. Ooh, ooh, Lenny Glover. Ooh, ooh. Um <laughs> Nothing's changed because I don't think we like, no. I've never heard a song go like big unless it's about three lyrics. Or three yeah, words. we're we're yeah. not good for that. Even even that like the Harry Winks song, which I think's good. It, yeah, it, it, when he came up at the end, it was they sang Harry Winks to Daddy Cool because that's the only one that people can sort of. <laughs> the get song was quite good, wasn't it? Yeah, that was good. Sang that at the cricket when we went a few weeks ago, which was utterly bizarre, didn't they? Uh, did they? I didn't miss yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you, yeah. Must, must not have heard that one, but um, yeah. but they did, they did. Yeah. So there we go. Good, Rick. Well done. Like that. Um, it's who are you now? Which yeah. uh, just for just for the purpose, of, well, I'm going to play the intro music and then I'll and then I'll explain a little bit more. Go for it. Who is your daddy? And what does he do? Who are you? You. No, not me, you. Yes, I am you. Just answer the damn questions. Who are you? Wait a minute. Who are you? Right, so uh, this one, to be very clear, doesn't count because, Rick, you're doing it. Because yeah. I, I don't think we can legitimately play a game of Who Are You with with only two of us, two of the regulars no. here. So it's an exhibition. So, this is yeah. This this is a friendly. So for Steve's spreadsheet, Steve, please don't count this one. Um, yeah, have a night off, pal. Yeah, have a night. Yeah, have a night off. Yeah, um, and uh, you're you're going to do it, Rick. So I'm going to play against my dad, which I, I reckon I'll win this because I, I he can't remember anyone. So, I don't know. I reckon John Owens is dark horse for this. Are you still with us, Dad? Or are you from? I'm still. I'm still here. Yes. Right, okay. Can I see well, you, look, you look like you're falling asleep. We're boring you. I hope not. <laughs> not any more than normal, Jack. No. Oh, thanks for that, Dad. Thank you. I'm appalled at your English, but there you are. Well, you've um, sworn more than me, actually. I, I, me and Rick have been. No, on no. Quite it's just your use of English. You know, you've used. Uh, Amount when it should have been number and less cool. when it should have been a uh, fewer. Great. And, I don't know, People never. are getting a window into my life, so that's Correct. great. There we um, go, Rick. All yours. Right, you ready? Are you ready, then, boys? I don't want any. I don't want any bickering. Okay, all this clean. Okay, family. I don't want any fallings out. You got Christmas on the horizon. All right. Okay. First question. The first question, question, what am I going on about? It, what is I forgot what, what I was doing then. There's only right, one question. First clue. Yeah. 
He was born on the 26th of August, 1971, in Outridgeum. Outridgeum. Do you mean Altrigham? Yeah, sorry, I said it wrong. Steve, <laughs> is it Steve Walsh? Altrigham. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Steve Walsh. <laughs> is that John Curtis? No. Do you want another? Do you want the next clue? He's fifty-two. He's fifty-two. Yeah. Yeah, next one, please. Okay. All right, what should we go with next? He started his career at Swindon Town. Nicky Summerby. Oh, he's done it! <laughs> <laughs> he's done it! Shambolic. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> I've still not won one yes. all season. Yes, John. <sighs> yes. Unbelievable. That's that's that. Because I know he played his dad. for you for free, didn't he? Because I know his dad. He played for me for free, so he's one of my favourite ever players. <laughs> and the of course, I think the thing you probably know if you know, his grandfather and his father both started and he all started their careers at Swindon. Really? Well, mm. that's why I chose him, was because I wanted to ask you whether he really did play for us for free. Yeah, he did. He and he, McKinley, yeah. Kinley, no what, genuinely, genuinely for free? Mm. They were trying to get another club, um, yeah. I find it bizarre, though, that they didn't get another club. Like, surely they, that just wouldn't happen now, would it? Well, it was it was after the window, wasn't it? I suppose, but I suppose they could have been, but they were getting. I think they were getting bonuses and things like that. You know, it was just a basic that they they weren't getting. Um, so they weren't paid completely for nothing. It was just that they weren't under contract and they weren't getting a basic wage. So they would have got appearance and, and yeah. bonuses, and we won virtually every game during that period, as you know. Well, yeah, I, mean, I always thought he'd go on to be a good coach, actually. He, was, he is yeah. a coach. Yeah. Watch Summerby. In the pundit, he's on being sports. You sport all the rest of me clues anyway, John. Oh, sorry about that. I've got, well, I'm going to read them out yeah. anyway. It's like <laughs> he's, uh, another good one I thought was he finished his career at Tamworth. Yeah, I wouldn't have got I should have gone with that. I should have gone with that as the second clue, shouldn't you I? Still wouldn't have got, I still wouldn't have got it. So no, and then I thought the only other the one was like... bit, the Altrincham bit also gave it to wear a bit because Altrincham or Altrincham as whatever you call it, <laughs> Altrincham is actually quite a posh part of Manchester. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I knew you'd be a dark horse at this, John. I thought your uh, your son was very, very scathing there, dismissing well, of you. Yeah. I, I think you're the. I reckon. My memory's gone and all sorts, but there you No, go. I think you might be the key to giving me a proper game at this. I think we'll get right. you back on. <laughs> <laughs> Billy McKinley, on, sister. Come on, then, chaps. We've got to get on. I want to. I want to. You need to it's, it's done. I go to bed early. These go on for ages, Dad, by the way. I know. Um, 
Billy McKinley's now he's now uh, um, he's now at West Ham. So uh, Billy McKinley. Billy McKinley is. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, well, given he's got to go to bed shortly because it is, you know, yeah. close to bedtime. Do you, do you, you've wanted to do this for ages, Rick. So you, you, you can ask him anything you like. So before well, he goes to bed. Yeah, I'm only, I'm only going to ask a couple because I mean I'm wondering when John might invite me on his podcast and ask him a bit more. But um, yes, can I give my my podcast? Uh, yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah, it's actually got one. less of an audience than ours, hasn't it, Dad? You get less downloads than we do. So. <laughs> Despite despite it being backed by a major podcast network, but there you go. Uh, there you go. Yeah, my podcast is full called Football Ruin My Life, which is a uh, actually a derivation from um, uh, a book that Colin Schindler, who is a friend of mine, um, big Manchester City fan, uh, he wrote a book called Manchester United Ruin My Life, and later book wrote a book called Manchester Unit, Manchester City Ruined My Life. Colin's a professor of film at uh, Cambridge University. He wrote the script of Buster and he produced Lovejoy uh, on television for those who long memory. And somebody called Patrick Barclay, who's a sort of uh, retired Lothario and uh, a journo who's worked for almost everyone. But there we are. And we have a lot of fun talking about football prior to the Premier League. This week, we interviewed Gordon Milne at length, uh, who was very, very interesting about, not only about his time at Leicester, but his time uh, playing under Bill Shankly and the way Bill Shankly motivated uh, Liverpool and uh, how the, he went to Liverpool at the time uh, that the Beatles started and the influence that the Beatles had on uh, Football. Well, first question straight in then, John. Have Leicester City ruined your life? No, they've made my life, haven't they? I've had a wonderful time. I can die happy now having seen Leicester win the Cup and the league. I never dreamt we would win the league, I have to say. That was a complete surprise to me. The fact that I went three times in the 1960s and saw us lose in the final. In 1963, it did break my heart because I thought we were, were a wonderful side that year and we really, really deserved to win something. Uh, Davy Gibson was playing out of his skin. Mike Stringfellow, Ken Keyworth, uh, converted uh, wing, wing half, scored goals. We had Frank McClintock, we had Graham Cross, we had Gordon Banks playing out of his skin. It was a great side. Um, we just dropped away in the league. Uh, we led the league at Easter, dropped away because we had injuries. And then in the final, we didn't play. And uh, that's the last last time I cried at a football match, I think, probably. Uh, you had a good go at the FA Cup final. Well, it was a very emotional moment for me, as you know, Jack. Yeah. It resulted in me having a heart attack. Yeah, I was going to say, you did, you did a good go not to last too long a couple of days later, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. There we go. Well, that's what the club does to us. So, I mean, on that, what? obviously you've had a very, very illustrious career as, a, as an agent. What was it like being an agent dealing with the club you supported? I'm presuming you did a lot of deals with the club, or have you not? What, yeah, in like, over the years, yeah. Clearly, and, um, most of our best players. Yeah, I did that. Stata sold. Uh, obviously, uh, 
Lineker and Shilton and you sold and, Shilton to Forest as well, which I no no I didn't sell him to Forest. Where did you sell him? Stoke. He so, went to well, Forest later. Mm. But that, so yeah, on that, like, what was it like? Because you you obviously you're a businessman, a professional, but you, part of you must be like, I don't want these to go. Could, like you might, was you ever tempted to sort of somehow balls the deal up, even though it cost you a load of dough? So your team would be nothing better. to do with the dough, was it? It was to do with whether it was right for them at the time. And I think yeah. for all uh, three of those players, they were. It was right for them to move on. You know, there's there's mm. there's times when, you know, I mean, Lineker still retains an affection to this day. Obviously, still a Leicester supporter, but Leicester were never going to challenge at the top. Mm. Uh, it, Gary wanted to play in the World Cup the following year, 1986, and clearly there was going to be a better chance if he uh, went to a bigger club. And of course, he went to Everton. He scored 40 goals that season, and then nine uh, for England uh, that season. Uh, that season, so you know, including becoming top scorer in the World Cup, so that clearly worked well. Schultz was always ambitious. I, I. I Leicester were not an ambitious club in those days. You have to remember that. And Emil was never actually a Leicester fan. That's no. he, he, although Bad he came man. from Leicester, he came out of the television area era when mm. people supported clubs they liked on television more than if they were taken by their dad to watch mm. uh, to watch a team. And so on. both Shilton and uh, Lineker were taken by their dads to watch Leicester. Yeah, they were. Leicester he could have at least he could have at least got his son down in our academy. Though. That annoys me. He's at Man City, isn't he? Scoring goals. I suppose <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, that's where he is. But what Emil did for the club, of course, and one of the one of the best things that I ever felt when we were trying to raise money for the club, I got a call uh, from uh, Emil saying he wanted to invest in the club and i thought that was a fantastic gesture by me no that's fantastic so next question then it's similar theme who was the most difficult manager to deal with when negotiating um clough obviously yeah uh very smart very uh very funny at times very tough at times uh, intimidating at times. Did he hit you with a squash racket at, at one point? No, he kicked me. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? Kick me. Kick you? Yeah. Came in the room and kicked me. Who are you? <laughs> wow. What was Ferguson like to deal with? Was he equally tough? Yeah. Pretty was tough. He? Um, Ferguson was... Easier when he was less successful. Mm. Um, uh, when he became successful, I think he became more arrogant. That This does happen to a lot of them. And mm. so became less reasonable. <laughs> he was very, very single-minded. I didn't, you know, that's how he was. And yeah. um, you, you don't expect them to be... Um, uh, anything other than single-minded. Uh, nicest manager as uh, as a as a bloke. The, the 
the manager that I'd most like to go for a drink with. Sadly, he, he had problems with drink, but he was a great bloke. Howard Kendall, one of the mm. nicest men uh, in football. Um, great guy. Um, uh, who else uh, have I uh, dealt with? Um, Jock Wallace, top top fella, Jock Wallace. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, another one you gladly uh, go out for a drink with and so on. So they're the sort of notable ones. A lot of the time, of course, when you're dealing uh, agent, you're not actually dealing with the manager, you're dealing with the secretaries. Best football administrator I ever came across, Peter Robinson at Liverpool. Brilliant bloke. Alan Bennett. Uh, Leicester was a good bloke as well. Yeah. And um, so we mentioned Johnny Evans earlier, and I think all of us have got a bit of a growing distaste to the way that Evans' career ended here. And, you know, he didn't do himself much favours at West Brom the year they got relegated. He seems to suddenly be back fit again at Beck and Call for Man United. Um, did you ever experience. Didn't do much this afternoon, did he? Well, no, he didn't. But did you experience any players like you could tell that they weren't injured and they were just they didn't want to play? Uh, Alan Clark, uh, towards the end of his career at Leicester, um, fell out with a lot of people. Um, I believe Graham Cross uh, uh, they had a punch up in the in the dressing room. Clark was quite selfish. He didn't want to be in the players' pool. He, uh, he, you know, and, um, yeah, uh, not great from that point of view. Mm. Right, final question. This I really want to be intrigued to know the uh, your thoughts on. You've gone a really nice hotel, yeah, and it's self-service, full English. You've got to put your sausages, really nice sausages, bacon, eggs ash browns beans and then you've got to the end and there's a little station and you've got a ladle out and you thought it was scrambled egg but it's porridge right and you've ladled that larapsed it all over your scrum what would you do would you eat it or would you be like oh my god what have i done i like porridge but yeah i'm not sure i like it with uh, with egg <laughs> What would you do? You wouldn't I'd eat go, it. I'd scrap it and say, I've changed my mind. I'm going to have a kipper. <laughs> really, I'll tell you what I do. I've, I've seen him do that, something like that on many occasions because I have had the pleasure of travelling with my dad, obviously. Uh, yeah, he'd probably cause a massive scene, claim it wasn't his fault and throw it on the floor. <laughs> throw it on the floor? That sounds about right. I mean, you, yeah, yeah, it would be. He'd cause a scene, a minor incident. <laughs> Is that that's not in the spirit of breakfast, though, is it? That that sort of behaviour, Rick. Well, yeah, but why? I've always wondered why they put like things like porridge right next to because it's automated, isn't it? You're going along, you're in the mix, you know, in the zone. Sausages, beans, bacon, everything. Porridge. Put it. Get it down the other end. Hmm. One, well, one to think about. <laughs> on that bombshell if you um, a little tip for you rick if you really go to really what you call in posh places 
<laughs> you don't. They don't have buffets. Hey, mate, look, you, look. You, you get served by okay, a Honestly, waiter. I'm editing this out. This is doing nothing for your image, Dad. <laughs> right. If if you want to go to bed, we can we can let you go to bed, and we'll me and Rick will have a chat about about Leeds. So we can we can give you the choice. Well, it's very nice to talk to both you boys. And thanks for um, coming on. I appreciate I'll, it. And I'm uh, delighted the club are doing so well. Uh, I'm delighted Maresca is doing as well. I didn't. I confess when he came. I wasn't sure at all. I wasn't sure the style would work or anything like that. Can, can I actually, can I bring you up on some? You sent me a text message about thirty minutes into the Southampton game, going Maresca's going to get sacked in about three games' time. I thought he might. Yeah, I yeah. confess. We're turning it up. I thought yeah. that, <laughs> we were. No, you weren't. We weren't actually. We conceded that for well, no. some reason the chat we were we were two nil up. Then it went two one. Then in the oh, next yeah, yeah. said they'd equalised. I think I have no idea. That was a error. You get funny notifications. Yeah, I do. I was on the train at the time, of course. But uh, there we are. There we are. All right. Nice to talk to you, chaps. And thanks, thanks for mate. coming on, John. Rick. Thank uh, you. I hope you don't have any more unfortunate experiences with eggs in Parsons Green, luggage, uh, <coughs> Hinkley or Leicester. Not at the minute, but it is Halloween on Tuesday, isn't it? So you True. never know. You Ram, get, Ram yeah, on you may get pumpkined. Yeah. I might get scotch egged. Cheerio, chaps. See ya. There we are. <laughs> um, Love it. I could talk to him all night. You, you could. You could. Um, yeah. That, uh, he did. He texted me like I was on, I was on the train because we've been to the cricket that day. And um, obviously, Samson scored. And then, and for some reason, yeah. he, he always, when he's not watching the game, I don't know what what he's what no, what's notifying him, but he's getting all sorts of <laughs> notifications. And he's like, "It's two two. And I was like, "It's not," because I remember I texted you being like, "Is it two yeah, two? Yeah. Anyway, and then he's like, "He's going to be sacked by Christmas. We're not going to get <laughs> we're not going to get promoted. Full doom set in." But um, but there we are. Right. So big game on Friday then. That's yeah, probably massive. the biggest of the season, you'd assume. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, Ipswich are obviously doing a lot better than Leeds at this stage and well, may well do. so far, isn't it, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, and I just think Leeds, Leeds are the obvious um, big club alongside us, I think, have come down. And I do, I know I've been giving a bit of stick this week for being worried about the game. Um, this was prior to Tuesday when we won and then they went on and, and lost to Stoke the next night. But um, I think it's going to be a real test. And certainly on the back of the last couple of performances, if we play like that and Leeds play probably like they did yesterday, I think we're in for a, a very, very tough game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's probably more reputation than actually what's happening with Leeds, you think on paper they should be very dangerous. You know, Somerville to me looks a really good player. He's Premier League quality, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan James, he's flashes and stuff, but he should be good at this level. And then you know they've got they've got two other wingers, um, and then Perot and um, and Rutter up front. And and then even Bamford, who's scored goals in the past, although that penalty on Wednesday was, was awful, astonishing. Awful. 
awful. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what to expect actually because they they I mean I watched the Stoke game. I didn't think they were very good against Stoke. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think, I mean, we, we should go in and want to win because we've won most of our games this season. I think I'd take a point, to be honest. I don't know, but I don't, Jordan will probably hammer me for saying that. I, th- I think if we can just keep the momentum going, yeah, you know, that's that's the most important thing. But it will it will be a big game. But then we seem to do a lot better against the sides that play out. My only fear with Leeds is they look a lot more like a counter-attacking side than, mm. than a lot of the other sides we've played. So I, I think that'll be, that'll be interesting, but... I can't call it. I can't call the result. To be honest, I I think you know I'm not scared and afraid that that we won't win, but you don't know, do you? We've got to be on it. But it's the sort of game I want us to play because we do need to get back to um, attacking teams with with real intent. And yeah, uh, not that we've not necessarily done the last few, but it just slightly. It's been slightly um, a bit difficult the last week. But yeah, bring it on, and then. The, the week after the uh, midweek Middlesbrough away, I mean, I know they lost yesterday, didn't they? To Stoke well, they five home, in a row, you... didn't they? Before that, yeah. yeah. So that'll be a big so, one as well. Well, if we could get through those two unbeaten, uh, unbeaten, I mean, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I mean it's we've run a ridiculous number of games. I mean, if we get a point on Friday, that's forty points after fifty oh, no. games. <laughs> <laughs> a joke. Outrageous. Um, yeah, there we are. All right. Well, we'll probably leave it there unless you have any other business. Got no, nothing, mate. Nothing. Um, nothing. Uh, I can't. We've not mentioned anything. Jordan, have we? Obviously, he comes have into we? his own in any of the business. So yeah, he either does. way, it's, it's almost his section. He's in Lisbon on a stag do shock. Um, Another one. Yeah. Uh, Lisbon, great city. If anyone's ever been, mm. one of my favourites. So. Um, so yeah, all right. Where where would you go for your tea in Lisbon? Where's your favourite place? I actually sent I I sent Jordan this link actually. Uh, it's a place called Bon. I think Bon Bon Jardim. Uh, it does very good. And this sounds really cliched, but it is exceptional peri peri chicken and chips, which oh, really you go all the way to Portugal and have that. But honestly, it's amazing, and it's like a tenner. Well, ice. And it, it, it's yeah, I would I would highly recommend that. So took the message. He loved it. So yeah, where have you been? I've not. No, uh, I do want to go. I, I know you rave about it. Yeah, and it's not as you say. It's very not hilly. Expensive. Very hilly. Hilly is it? Mm. Thing. It is hilly. Yeah. There are, there are there are cable cars and tram. Not cable cars. There's trams and stuff to take you up the hills. Yeah. But oh, stay at the bottom and get pissed. Yes, you can do that on yeah. Superbock or Sagres or whatever it is. I always get confused about which one's Porto and which one's Lisbon, but um, but there we are. Right. We'll have to go. I'll take you. I'll t- when, yes, let's do it. You. We'll take you for your 41st. <laughs> 41st, yeah. And i tell you what we haven't done on this pod, which I said we I want us to start doing, is do uh, like an away game like nostalgia trip back in time. I don't know whether we've got time now, but maybe next week we'll start it. Come on. I thought you were going to tell this story, but... You You want me? All right. Have I never told it on the pod? I don't don't know which one it is. You probably have, but I reckon if anyone's still listening at this point and still with us, I reckon they'll want to hear this story. 
All right. So obviously we've just played at Loftus Road this weekend and uh, one of my favourite away days for some reason, although I'm racking my brain, so I don't know if I've ever seen us win there in about five visits that I've been. But this particular one actually fell on this weekend in 2006, I think. Um, and it would have been like Levine or Rob Kelly. We drew 1-1, Kisnorbo scored early on for us. But, yeah, obviously with that last weekend in October, the clocks go back, so you get an extra hour, don't you, which is always dangerous on an all-dayer. But uh, me and my mate got like the half eight train down from Hinkley to, to London. So absolutely paralytic early. Found one of my favourite pubs still to this day in London. So then I moved down to London a few years later and were there several years. But I don't even, I don't even think it's that special. It's called the Mitre in around Paddington Way. Always okay. go there before before QPR away. Um, and we're in there. And then, yeah, went the game. That was fairly um, unrememberable, really, other than I remember the score. Th- we then headed back to King's Cross, and it was the first time I found the Flying Scotsman. I don't know whether you've ever been in there, have you, Jack? You mean the Euston Flyer? No, no. It was Where's this Flying Scotsman? I don't, I don't think I've been in the Flying Scotsman. I've definitely been in the Euston Flyer. Let me have a look. Yeah, now the Euston Flyer is a different place, and that's, that's a bit more reputable. But this was a horrid boozer around the corner from king's cross and oh yeah they had no, a back I've, I've, room a little back yeah, room that we didn't yeah, really I've know never, anything about no no i've i've just looked this up yeah no i've no i can safely say i've never been in there no well we're in there minding our own business having a few beers waiting for appropriate trains to go home and out the corner of my eye i've seen a vagina <laughs> Right. So <laughs> we were like, what's on earth going on? And it, yeah, it, it obviously I thought that could have been the most eventful part of the night, but it wasn't. But it was the first of many run ins with women in pubs. So anyway, we, we nearly missed the last train home because we were st- a bit shell shocked about what had gone on in there. Made the last train home, but then we got back to Leicester and it was like, I don't know, half 12, one in the morning. Um, or no, maybe not that late, but it was late and there was no way of getting back to Hinkley. So we were wondering what to do. and We managed to hoodwink one of our mates to drive over and pick us up. But whilst we were waiting, we went in the Fox and Tiger, right? You know, the one under, by the yeah, tube yeah. station. Fox, Fox I don't know what it's fire. called now. Yeah, well, and it was that night. So we're in there, and it was late, and it was full of absolute scrubbers and all, God knows what. And um, we were, again, minding our own business, and this woman came up and nutted me, mate. Just full-ball head-butted him. And he was like, Jesus, what's going on there? And I'm laughing my head off because this, this woman had head-butted him. Um, and, and he was probably like, he was all over the place. Anyway, I'd sort of, he'd gone off for a widow. And the next thing, I've been blindsided by this same um, aggressive woman, and she's headbutted me in the chest. But it was like this cobbled floor, right? And my knees have gone together, and then my feet have pushed out because it was slippy. And I've just heard a rip, and it was me ACL. 
So I've done a, I've done a bloody sea grave and um, I've gone down. Anyway, my mates come back and I'm just in on, on the floor and he's had to help me up onto the sofa. And I've kept an eye on this woman because I'm absolutely fuming. I'm, I'm just astonished. And I've watched her and then she collected some glasses and went behind the bar. She were a barmaid and she'll go around nutting people. It's unbelievable, and that to be honest, that weren't even the end of the night. I won't, I won't go into what happened after that. But other than my mate didn't come to pick us up, he sent a lad who worked for him down in his car, and he broke down on the M sixty nine, so he couldn't come and get us. He had to get the AA to draw to take him down the M sixty nine to meet his mate with the AA to then get his car to come and pick us up. So he got us about four in the morning. And he was livid. Unbelievable. I have heard that story before, but I think you've told it better this time. You have, don't I? But yeah, I've missed out an important part that um, at the end of the night. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. So I did, me, yeah. did me ACL. <laughs> so I know how the did boys have, feel. Did you have an op after it and everything? No, no. I mean, I say I did me ACL. The doctor said I'd strain the ligaments. I don't think I'd snapped it, but oh, it was horrible. Yeah. I still feel it now and it's cold. <laughs> Don't say that. You've ruined the story now. But well, it will. Whatever. There we are. Right. Superb, Rick. Thank you very much. Um, thanks for listening. Appreciate it as ever. There's lots of you listening. We really, really appreciate it. Um, plug for the quiz night, second of December. Uh, it's almost a month to the day that we will be doing that. You can go to the West Brom game in the day and then join us for a quiz uh, and an evening of more stories from Rick and some quality quizzing. Uh, um, so yeah, all in association with Lamp. So get your tickets for that. Um, yeah. Have a good week. We'll see you soon. Network.